The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia. Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Break. Uh, I'm going to be hosting today's show, but I have Brian and Patrick here in studio. Derek is out for today, and he'll be back tomorrow. Today we have lots, lots, lots of stuff to talk about. Um, first of all, I wanted to start the show just by giving Demarcus Lawrence a quick yes. shout out. Uh, he got the word, and everybody else did too, that he's been nominated by the team to be uh, Man of the Year yes. nominee this year. Big news, and and I mean to say a guy deserves it. To mm-hmm. say that guy deserves it is, is a huge understatement. As much as he does in and for the community here in Dallas and abroad, and uh, just as as great as he is on the field, he is equally, if not more so, off the field. So just a fantastic human being, fantastic uh, leader of men, you know, family man, uh, husband, father. I mean, he, he gets it done. So congratulations to Tank on being this year's Cowboys nominee for Walter Payton Man of the Year. Uh, looking to go back-to-back with Dak Prescott being the uh, the reigning Walter Payton Man of the Year from 2022. Yeah, very, very big nomination for him. Very well-deserving and such a genuine and, like, selfless soul. Um, It was great. And also the Cowboys did their year visits to the hospitals around DFW. I know you went to one of the hospitals. How was that? That was very a very profound experience. Um and it puts a lot of things in perspective. You know, just on a day to day basis, we we tend to go about, you know, and we get upset about this little thing or that little thing. And But when you walk into those hospitals and, and you see those children and those families, those parents um, who and what they deal with and what they go through, it just it reminds you of what you need to be thankful for and what you need to have gratitude for. And, and kudos to the Cowboys for their continued service in the community and just seeing um, those kids light up when CeeDee Lamb walked in the room, Dorrance Armstrong walked in the room, Dak Prescott walked in the room, uh, knowing what that meant for them in that day because there's no telling what they went through that day or that week. Um, And then the, the parents as well. Um, there was one gentleman, one dad. He broke into tears when he saw Ceedee Lamb endurance uh, walk into the to the um, the hospital room with his daughter, who was battling severe pneumonia and some other illnesses. So very heartfelt, very heartwarming, and it just puts so much in perspective. So yeah. kudos to the Cowboys, but also prayers, uh, continued prayers to those families and those children that are dealing with what they're dealing with. Yeah, when once years ago and never went back it, it, because as of my emotional like it's 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 parent it's hard it takes a toll on you to see to see that but it's great that they were able to do that Brian this week it's a it's a long week for the Cowboys they play Thursday night and they've been able to rest then they get to do an experience like that where now it connects you to the soul yeah. and anything um and all of that do you feel that that's positive for the Cowboys going heading into the week uh, against the Eagles, the fact that they have time to rest and all that? Or does that kind of 
messes up a little bit of no, the momentum. No, no, I, I think you know you you. I'm a believer in momentum, and but to me, when you play the number of games that they played, the number of days, and Philadelphia's dealing with a lot of this, the same thing too. They they had they've had a stretch where they they got uh, they got beat up pretty good uh, mm-hmm. against Buffalo. That was a that was a difficult game that they won. Uh, they played a lot of snaps defensively. It, I believe it affected the way that they played in the game against San Francisco. San Francisco will beat you up anyway the way it is. But for the Cowboys, yeah, they, you know, you go through a stretch of the schedule there where, you know, you just it, it, everything is kind of thrown off kilter. And now you're going to get back to where, you know, for the last month of the season, you're going to get back into a normal schedule. There'll be a Saturday game that you're going to have to deal with, maybe a possibility of some flexing of games, too, that you're going to deal with. But right now it's good for them to to kind of be able to uh, take a step back, evaluate where they are, and, and then have an understanding of where they need to go and where they need to, uh, you know, be better in, these, uh, in some of these areas. But, uh, you know, it, it is a... Um, it's a good time of the year. Yeah, you try and you, you know, you have your obligations and stuff to the community, but now you can focus too on the aspect of, of going out and trying to win this division. Okay, really quickly, we have a, a bit of breaking news, I'll say. Uh, Mike McCarthy, and this is per Cowboys PR, this just came out a couple of seconds ago. Mike McCarthy experienced abdominal pain this morning that warranted further evaluation and resulted in a diagnosis of acute appendicitis. He's currently slated for surgery this afternoon, expected to be released after today, uh, and anticipates coaching on Sunday night. Cowboys practice obviously begins today. The three coordinators, which will be Bones, Faso, Dan Quinn, and Brian Schottenheimer, will run practice to on Wednesday until McCarthy returns. So obviously no press conference for McCarthy and prayers go out to him, uh, obviously for a um, a swift and um, eventless um, appendix removal here today. So uh, head up, coach. Look forward to seeing you in a few hours. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank, we're talking about stuff to be grateful for and you just never know. So That, that did happen kind of out of nowhere. I mean, I haven't heard any of this prior to this sudden no and that's surgery. that's that's how appendicitis goes um yeah. i mean you can be you completely fine and then you wake up at you know 3 a.m in the morning with uh some acute pain and you might think that it's indigestion or you might think that it's a pocket of gas or whatever and it just gets worse and worse as the hours go along and eventually sounds like he went and got checked out thankfully um before the worst case scenario because you definitely want to get that caught before the appendix bursts and then yep. that's a, a life-threatening situation that's so, the problem yeah sounds like they caught it in time so if they're expecting as pr says they're expecting he'll be released after surgery today sounds like they caught it right when they needed to catch it so that's the good news that's the positive well i'm not familiar with the recovery of any of that but is there even though they said on here that he's anticipated to coach on sunday night is there any reason that something may pop up to where maybe he can't be on his feet standing for that long, or I don't know. I don't know. That could affect I mean, maybe be, his availability. It'll be a couple there. days of, of good, long rest. Um, and as long as he takes care of himself uh, for the remainder of the week, he should have a, a good shot at taking oh, being on the sideline against the, uh, the Eagles on, on Sunday. So barring any setbacks, I could see it realistically being a possibility, yeah. Well, hopefully everything goes as planned and and his recovery is very, very speedy for this weekend. Uh, Let's go ahead and dive into this uh, 
your scouting report, Brian, mm-hmm. on the offense because it's a very, very long. So I think it's going to take probably most of the show. Um, we're talking about the Eagles offense. Yeah. Obviously, we've already talked about them several weeks ago, but things have changed and yeah. they, they may have a different look to it a little bit. So I wanted to t- start talking about some of the changes initially with the quarterback yeah. and how he's currently looking as far as the, comparing to last time the Cowboys faced them. Yeah, I think the best way to defend this guy is rush four. I don't. The, 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 he's one of these guys that will hold the ball, and the longer he holds the ball, the more likely he is to make a mistake. And then he'll get frustrated, and then he'll move, and then he'll just throw the ball away. So to me, when you bring pressure on him, he finds ways to escape, and then he finds ways to run, or he'll find ways to find the receiver down the field. And if you watch the Buffalo game and you watch what really the 49ers did – uh, to him, it's they found a way to get four home, and then when you get four home, then that makes the coverage. He has to start to read the coverages. We're starting to see uh, reports of you know guys, former quarterbacks, uh, coming out and saying that they would be better off playing. Uh, you know Marcus Mariota because he's not seeing the defenses and stuff and not reading well. But you know I, I think that's you know kind of crazy talk right now because this guy still I, I wouldn't take Hurts off the field. But the way you have to defend Hurts is when he starts to feel pressure, he will find ways to navigate the pocket. He will move. He will run, and he will do those things. So this is a game to me that you kind of figure out how to keep him there, how to make him play backwards in the pocket. Don't let him attack the line. Don't let him come forward. If you can get him throwing off his back foot, that tends to be one of the better things. San Francisco, again, Buffalo were able to do that to him, and it caused him a little bit of some problems in this football game. So you got to force him in some tough decisions where the run or throw. And then once he does that, because he's not willing to run like he once was. Mm-hmm. He wants to, if he has to move and get out, he'll find a way to get uh, get down. And so, you know, that's something that we can, you know, if the Cowboys always about, oh, have a spy, have a guy watching him and stuff. I think you're going to need all those guys in coverage, but your four guys can handle that. The, the Cowboys doing do a great job when it comes to pressure. The problem the Cowboys have occasionally is they'll get out of throwing, or they'll get out of lanes. You know, because of the rush, it's going to be a big game of handling hurts on discipline is where you're at right now with with this. So uh, I I think that uh, to me that, uh, you know, that's kind of where you're at right now. Give us a quick reminder on how the Cowboys defensively were able to kind of contain him and play against him last time they played. How well did they do the job there? I think they did pretty well, all things considering. I mean, like we talked about yesterday, you had a a situation where A.J. Brown, he was held for, I believe, under 70 yards, and he only had one touchdown. Devontae Smith didn't go off. He had one touchdown, but the majority of his yardage uh, came on that one deep route uh, to the left uh, with De'Ron Bland in coverage, and that was a perfect throw. It was indefensible. So for the most part, they did very well, the Cowboys did, against – against Jalen Hurts when they were in Philadelphia, held him to 207 yards and only those two touchdowns. Um, but what they want and need to do this time around is they need to turn him over. They need to turn the ball over. Yeah. If they can get that ball turned over from the Eagles, that'll give what right now is a, a white-hot Cowboys offense, Dak Prescott. Where's he at right now in, on interceptions? Uh, let's, let's check. He's actually calmed quite a bit. Not quite a bit, but definitely over what he was the, the longer the, the the thing when you I know the first time that they met that his 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 five of his 
eight interceptions right. were, you know, with, with when he was – that was early when the first time mm-hmm. that they, they met. He's at 10. Yeah, so the thing with him is, though, to me, you, you make him hold that ball because he just he, – he doesn't want to make a mistake. So, but he sometimes you get him to either unload it or force it, and so the longer when he, when he gets into a rhythm as a thrower, he could be really difficult to deal with. And we'll talk about their receivers. Yeah. You know, I, I worry more about Smith than the other guys. Mm-hmm. But they, he he gets into a rhythm. He could be tough to stop, and they get their tight end back too. That's another yeah, thing you're going to have to work. Yeah. So, but if Dallas can find a way. I'm not blitzing this guy. I'm just playing four. I'm rushing. I'm trying to keep him in the pocket, and I'm trying to play. I could say make him play backwards and see if he can make like Patrick's talking about. Make him throw the ball into uh, a coverage. We always talk about clog and cover. You know, sometimes you see guys rush three, drop eight. You know, make him have to deal with seven defenders and see if he can fact can 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 find the open guy out of that group. Yeah, because if for those that are wondering, well, is there anything much different that the Cowboys defense need to do this time around versus the first time around? Not really, because uh, if you do a slightly better job of containing him, because he had a rushing touchdown as well, 36 yards on the ground, if you do a slightly better job of containing those edges yeah. and keeping him from breaking that contain, right. for the most part, as far as coverage is concerned, that deep pass to Devontae Smith notwithstanding, Cowboys did really well yeah. against Jalen Hurts in, in an offense that is loaded with weapons and at the time did have Dallas Goddard on the field. So it's not as if they've played the Eagles this season without Goddard. They played them with Goddard. That was the last game he played before he broke his arm. Um, Well, playing the Cowboys, he broke his arm. So Goddard coming back doesn't necessarily throw any kind of monkey wrench in what they should be planning to do as far as Dan Quinn is concerned. They've seen this offense with Dallas Goddard. Yeah, but the the screen will be... The the thing about it is, and the reason having Dallas Goddard back helps them, they're tied in they had no production at all from their tight ends. Mm. There was no threat of even running the screens. I mean, to the backs and stuff. The tight end screen is such a big part of what their offense is. The block, 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 delay, get out. Now you hit a guy. You know, you look at the you look at the plays that the play he broke his uh, his forearm on mm-hmm. was a long, just a simple pass, long run With type. Yuck, of, yeah. yeah. Then he made a play earlier in the game on a like a, a corner route where. Ball was thrown right on the sidelines, tap, tap, you know, feet out. I mean, it was a big third down play. This guy's a weapon, and, and having him back and how they deal with him, but they, they had no threat. Mm-hmm. With, with, when, when he was out, they had no threat from their tight end. So that's something, that, again, the Cowboys, and, uh, to Patrick's point, the Cowboys have played against him. Right. They understand the type of player. How do you match up? Is this a, is this a Wanye Thomas game? Is this mm-hmm. a Bell game? Is this a game where you put somebody on him? That uh, you know that uh, that that you know can be physical and then can also run with him and also play coverage and deny him the football. I think he's an important part. Now, will Rust be a factor in this game for him? That's a good point. You know, will he be in game shape? Will he be ready to go? You know, will it be and if, how willing will he be to put that arm out there again yeah, or fall well, on yeah, it again? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of things, but he he is the, a legitimate weapon for them. He was a weapon the first time Dallas played. And now, you know, coming back, we'll we'll see if uh, if he maintains that. Well, before we f- go to break, real quick, can I uh, say something real quick? I asked yes. about the coach and coaching. Yes. If that's okay, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, I asked somebody that might know what's going on here. What did he say? Um, he said, "Good question. It, it is a doctor's question." Uh, it, it, my guy said, "Dan Campbell came to Oxnard with appendicitis in practice later that week." 
So, you know, he said should be able standing on the sideline or in the box. So we'll see. It sounds like, though, that to everybody's point here that he should be able to go. But that's going to be a Dr. Cooper, uh, probably a, uh, you know, medical staff call that if he if he can stand out there and coach. But and the Cowboys have dealt with this before different reasons. But when he was able to be on the field, Mike got COVID. Mike got COVID in the New Orleans game and then DQ took over that took over that game and. They, they handled it very well. Yeah, because it's, it's not as if Dan Quinn doesn't have head coaching experience. So, yeah, in, yeah. you know, break glass in case of emergency situation, you yeah. have a former head coach right as his right hand man, one of his right hand men. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be fine in that capacity. But uh, like uh, we're all saying, and like Brian is confirming, barring any setbacks, yeah. uh, the expectation is that Mike should should be be it on the sideline or in the box. He should be available to, to coach. But first and foremost, let's just you know prayers out that he gets through the procedure yeah. and yeah. he's all good on that front. Yeah. Let's Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to keep diving into all these offensive weapons that the Eagles have. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find Find a location near you. Sweat. You mean armpit tears of weakness brought about by poor deodorant choices? Say goodbye to that salty river that floweth from your underarm with Old Spice Swagger Antiperspirant. Made for 24-7 sweat protection with daily use and an undeniable smell of cedarwood and lime. Mmm. Giving you the confidence you need to quit your job, move to a remote island, and spend your days frolicking with dolphins. Old Spice Swagger Antiperspirant. Shop Old Spice now. To the break. How about this one? Uh, head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, December 9th to experience Rally Day, presented by SeatGeek. Take a tour of AT&T Stadium, get autographs from Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and alumni, play games, head outside to the Miller Lighthouse, and even play on the field. 
And don't forget to uh, get your uh, photo with Santa and Mrs. Claus. Visit ATTStadium.com slash Rally Days for tickets and more information. Thank you, Brian. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break, pre- presented by Blockchain.com. There we go. Before we move into talking about uh, diving into the wide receivers yeah. and going into uh, expanding on the tight ends, wanted to ask you guys real quick. The last time they played against them, we were talking about Jalen Hurts dealing with an injury and being a little banged Knee. up and kind of ha- still is kind of hiding that. How is that look? I mean, yeah. it, are you still expecting? Is. is he still playing the same way though? Oh no, he's he doesn't want to run. He really, really he runs out of necessity more than he runs out of making plays or or part of design. I, I don't. I, I don't think he's completely healthy with his knee. Uh, the way he runs, it's it's not. It, it's like he's he covers a lot of ground with his stride, but it's not that same explosive. Mm-hmm. Now you see him on that when they get in those short yardage situations and they push. You know he's got that power and stuff to kind of still do those things. But as far as just wanting to go and run, I mean, there's a couple of times where San Francisco fetched him, Buffalo fetched him a couple of times as well when he got outside the pocket and he's trying to make something happen. He's like, "Uh uh-oh, I don't have the burst to get around here. I don't have the burst to get up the field. And then he just goes to the ground and stuff. So hes I think he's still dealing with it, probably not to the extent that he was when the first time that these teams met in Week 9. Yeah, I mean, like like Brian said, he doesn't want to uh, take any unnecessary contact to that leg whatsoever. So if he can, uh, you know, get a pass out, and he, he's going to get a pass out. Yeah. Um, but that being said, if he has to take off and run, he's going to take off yeah. and run. He's just going to be smart about when he does it. And when he does it, he's going to make sure he's getting out of bounds as opposed to trying to get that extra you know, half a right. yard, one yard, um, because it's it's risk management for him. He's willing to you know, settle for a third and one, knowing what comes next with just a tush push. So mm-hmm. um, you still have to be completely aware of his ability to take off and run. But just keep in the back of your mind that he doesn't want to do that. So if he does take off, and run, um, you you get a good tackle on him, and you make him think twice about that about doing that the next time. Well, and that the Cowboys don't forget that at any given time that may be a possibility yeah. of him yeah. kind of using his leg and oh, trying yeah. to get away. Especially if he feels pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he feels like that or he sees yeah, he's gone. that you're out of a lane, then he he will immediately he's go. Gone. Yeah. All right, let's talk about. <laughs> AJ Brown, Devonta <laughs> Smith, all those um, wide receivers. Weapons, yeah, weapons. I, this this is uh, like the Seattle challenge was last week. The, you know, we all understand what the 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 Philadelphia Eagles bring when it comes to their wide receivers. I, I don't think they have. I don't think the Eagles have the three like the like the uh, Seahawks have, but they got two really really good ones. And you know, we we talk about AJ Brown. But this is one of those games where I think it's going to be really important for Malik Hooker to have his eyes ready to go in this game. Because you're going to get you're going to get all these routes that are in-breaking routes. You're going to get vertical routes. But you're, the, the in-breaking routes are the ones that they kill people on. And, and this is where Hurts, his ability to throw those routes where it's inside – Safety play comes into play here a lot in this in, when you play the Eagles because what happens is they give you so many route combinations with tight end, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back with wide receiver out there. So they give you a lot of different looks. So you have to be able to understand like, okay, ball is going to go. If you get Gainwell out there in, in, as a wide receiver in a bunch formation, it's likely a screen. 
Eyes got to be ready. Got to see that. There's 14 right there. Go get ready for the screen. You know, so there's things that you need to know. You can't get caught in situations. Any one of these Cowboys safeties can't get caught in a situation where they they read the play wrong and then they step up and then there's the ball coming behind them. Because they'll do that. The Eagles will try and test you with routes, and then they'll make you their eye. They'll take your eyes away from that, and then they'll put a route behind that in order to to take advantage of that. So, really, really important. If the Cowboys do well on defense, the four man rush, the four man pressure, but the safety play is going to have to be really, really good in this game because they're going to have to be able to help these corners. The guy, I think that I think Smith scares me more than. Than Brown, and I know Brown can get down the field. He's a big body, and he run after catch. I get it, but Smith is the one guy that when they need a big play, or they need a third down play, or a conversion, or they're down, you know, near the red zone, they're throwing the ball his direction. So, however you match up against uh, Devonta Smith, you got to make sure that he's taken care of. And again, that goes to the safeties with Hooker. And Wilson and whoever's playing on the back end, Curse is likely going to be down in the box. Bell involved. However you, however you're going to play this thing, you got to make sure that you guys, if they're bracket coverage, if they're double covering guys, if they're picking up guys, that they don't lose track of where these Philadelphia receivers are. And a big note is when these receivers get the ball in their hand, they, tackle, wrap up, tackle. Yeah, yeah. Um, that passing offense in Philadelphia has just over 3,000 passing yards on the season. Um, nearly 1,500 yards of that is yak. Yak, it, yeah. It's is yards after the catch. So, I mean, there's, you're not going to be able to blank these guys. They're going to get the ball in their hands eventually. Mm-hmm. But w- So when they do, you need to make sure that, like Brian said, your eyes are forward, you're taking the right angles you're not over pursuing you're breaking down when you need to break down wrap them up get them to the ground now that's a a much easier task once you get hands on Devontae Smith than it is once you get hands on A.J. Brown because Brown can just run right through the tackle but whatever you need to do well if well once the ball gets in their hands you have to stop you have to delete the yak that play has to end right there otherwise you're in for a very long day because if you saw what they were able to do when they were able to do in the first quarter against the 49ers before those linebackers in that secondary and and San Fran clamped down. Yeah. Um, the majority of A.J. Brown's big plays came on slants across the middle at the right. linebacker level. He gets the ball, and then all of a sudden, he's off to the races. Right. But if you go back and look at the film, a couple of those times, the reason he's off to the races is because it was an incorrect pursuit angle right. to take him down in the first place, which left that side of the field completely vulnerable for him to keep going. And then it was just a, a foot race at that point. So break down at your point of attack. Make sure you get those guys down when they get the ball in their hands. If you can delete the yak, or at least the majority of the yak from A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, uh, and combine that with the fact that that offensive line, while it is a strong one, they still allow roughly 40% quarterback pressure on Jalen Hurts. So you can get pressure back there, but if you get that pressure and he dumps it off quickly and you're suffering from yak because you won't tackle the guy or you can't tackle the guy, then your pressure's negated. So those things have to work together. By the way, I'm rushing Micah Parsons to the middle of this defense is what I'm going to try and do. Mm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste him on the outside with Lane Johnson. I think that Tank can handle Lane Johnson. I think there's a history between those two. He knows how to break Lane Johnson down. And Lane Johnson's dealing with a little bit of an injury mm-hmm. that's uh, kind of hurt him. So I'm gonna let Tank. But I think that where that Micah can do his best work is through the middle of this pocket with with, with Cam Jurgens and then you know with uh, with this with Kelsey the center. I, I just think it, the more times you put Kelsey one on one, 
it's a struggle for him. And we've seen Micah have direct when he takes that direct rush through the middle of the defense that they that they he, he can find ways to get home and you get right on Hurts in the middle of the pocket right there. So if you squeeze it but get pressure in the middle, I, that's that's where I'm. I'm not you know when Myalata and Johnson those guys are those guys are pass blockers. The, Kelsey, I think you could break him down. I just don't think he has the power to sit down and take you one-on-one in this game. So if I'm DQ, I went back and watched all of Micah's rushes from the first time, all on the edge. Take him through the middle of his pocket and see if Kelsey can handle you one-on-one. That's what I was going to ask you guys next was as far as scheme, is there something differently that you try to do defensively in changing up the scheme? Yeah, I I think Patrick's point is absolutely right. The tackling is the number one thing, Mm -hmm. number one thing. But the thing that Philadelphia does to you is they mess with you. They mess with you with the with the routes and the things that they do. They run a guy. They run a guy uh, in motion outside and then bring him back and then flip him the ball inside. They they do things scheme wise that kind of mess with you, like, okay, motion's going away. No, wait, motion's coming back. Now it's a run that they normally do just from a a standard formation. You know, you get four guys to one side. They fake the screen to the four guys to one side, inside handoff going the other way. Now you don't have enough bodies over there. So there's things that they do design-wise. For the Cowboys, though, like I say, I I would be very mindful of how you pressure this guy. And if you can find a way, and the numbers say that you can get pressure on these guys, they will allow pressure. But I, I, I would be, I would make, I would make Hertz have to deal with seven defenders in coverage. If they want to throw the football, fine, you know. But I'm going to make him have to deal with that. I'm going to mm-hmm. hope my pressure with my home rush will get home uh, before that he can get the ball out. Because the longer he holds it, I'm telling you guys, the more likely he is to make a mistake. I like it. And when you get pressure back there, do not allow him to break contain. Nope, that, not at that's all. That's the key thing. Don't allow him to break contain. Make him face the pressure and the seven defenders back there. Yep. Let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, we'll keep talking about the tight ends. And also, we got to get into the running backs and how that's looking on the ground. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys 
Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash Cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox onabotulinum toxin A prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. Back to the break. Experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza. Powered by Reliant every Friday and Saturday through December 16th. Christmas extravaganza ignites at the Star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers, including the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Santa Claus, and appearance from your favorite Dallas Cowboy football heroes. Visit thestardistrict.com for more info. Welcome back to the third segment of The Break. Dan Quinn is currently talking to the media right now. That's live and... He sounds very positive. He does sound optimistic. For those that <laughs> yeah. that didn't catch it or, or aren't able to hear, he um, was asked about the possibility of Mike McCarthy missing on Sunday, and he did say that they have measures in place that you know they'll you know that they can pull triggers on. They'll be fine in that capacity. But he then said, "quote You think that big Irishman is going to miss this game?" End quote. Mm-hmm. So sounds like um, they're as optimistic as you could be in this mm-hmm. situation that Mike McCarthy will be coaching and, and calling plays against the Eagles. So. So uh, get well, Mike, and hope to see you here yeah, today yeah. or so. That's, that's good to hear. Um, okay, so last segment, let's finish up with the tight ends. You guys talked about Goddard already, yeah. but there's also another guy that has been there, Jack Stoll, uh, Brian. Not a factor. I mean, that, that's they, they've struggled. Their offense has struggled a little bit without Dallas Goddard in the lineup. And so I uh, will, the, will he have rust? You know, he's mm-hmm. missed several games. Will he have game shape? Will he be able to go? Will he be able to uh, to hold up? You know, how is his arm? I'm sure he's getting work in practice with they're trying to probably work with him, you know, blocking sleds. Maybe they get some practice squad guys and, you know, kind of test and see where they're at. But his conditioning could be a factor in this game. He's a, he's a damn good player. There's just no doubt about it. He's a pain in the ass to deal with, uh, you know, because what he does is um, it's that sneaky way of playing football. Uh, it's the screens, it's the underneath stuff, it's the drags, it's the flat routes, it's the red zone stuff. 
mean, there's just a lot to his game and how they use him. And, and they missed him. They missed him on third downs. They missed him in key situations, uh, you know, where he's able to, like, fake like he's blocking, go to the flat, just simply throw him the ball, him run up the field for uh, for 20 yards. So it's third down. I mean, that's where you – I mean, Smith, Brown, <laughs> Gainwell, they have all these guys that can make plays. But you, but he's the one guy that I do worry about on third down when it comes to because it's a simple pass to yeah, him. Yeah. It's a really simple pass to him, and that's something they didn't have before. They didn't have to face it this last time. Yeah. Um, so that's a, an added element that they'll have to deal with. Now, as far as the running backs, uh, Swift, he wasn't a guy that was a big factor last time yeah. they've played. Good. But yeah. has he improved? Has the running game changed a little bit? His his actually against Kansas City and Buffalo, he had. Uh, 81 yards and I think 75 or something the second. So those were the two games that he was not good against Dallas. You go back and watch him play in the game. Dallas did a good job up front of, of, of attacking and getting off blocks, kind of making him. Now, the thing that he will do, and, I, and he, he's normally a downhill kind of a runner, but in this in the in, in these other games he's been trying to bounce the ball to the outside. He's had some success of trying to get inside and then oh it's not working. I'm going to bounce it to the edge. Dallas did a good job when he tried to bounce the ball before of tackling. Curse made a great open field tackle on him. Tackling. Yeah, so again, it's the tackling aspect of things, but mm-hmm. I I feel like though that Dallas will have a plan for him for how to handle him. Now, there's it's a physical back. I mean, that, that's something. I mean, he's just going to kind of come running at you downhill. But keep in mind, of if things get clogged up inside, he's going to bounce. You've got to be ready to get over and not let him get to the, to the outside. Now, on the, the other side of that, Gainwell, is the, he's a receiver. I, I mean, he's a receiver. He can run the ball. But, he, but when you, they throw him the ball, that's his thing, outside. They put him outside, throw him the ball. There's the screen. There he goes. He's much better at catching the ball than I think Swift is. So they use him more in those third down situations and stuff like that because he lines up all over the defense. I mean, he, he in the formation, out wide, inside, at the running back spot and all that. They try and get him the football in those situations on third down because he's really, really good at catching the ball. It's really rinse and repeat when it comes to what the Cowboys were able to do against DeAndre Swift. So, what, less than 45 yards rushing with no touchdowns? Um, Considering his ability, which is considerable, as far as being able to make guys miss in space, being able to to burn the edge, um, the fact that the Cowboys were able to basically Austin Eckler him uh, is is a very good sign that they can do it again because if you show me you can do it once, that means you can do it again, right? So, there's not much change they need to do there um, as far as how they contain DeAndre Swift, they they know what he's capable of and they have a plan and their plan worked to success in Philadelphia. So just rinse and repeat. When it comes to Gainwell, uh, like Brian said, he's he's more of the, the guy that operates in space. Gainwell had a touchdown against you in Philadelphia. You saw yeah. how that happened. He got uh, They schemed him, got him the ball and gave him an opportunity to try to beat a guy one-on-one and he did. Uh, and he got into the end zone. So goes to tackling as well. Like once the guys, he's, a, he's one of the key guys as far as his skill set is so receiving that once he gets the ball in his hands, you have to make sure that you take him down because his yak is different than what a DeAndre Swift's yak might be. Gamewell's yak could be a home run yak, right? Well, Swift, I mean, he might turn uh, a 
three-yard play, presumably three-yard play, into maybe a nine- or ten-yard play. But that same play in Gainwell's hands, uh, that could be 15, 20-plus. How concerned are you about those screen passes that Brian was talking about and the Cowboys being well, that's all, that, I'm not going to say always, but recently that's been a thorn in their ass. Yeah. It's just yeah. as far as trying to defend that screen right. play. And the Philadelphia Eagles know that, and they run it very well, especially when Dallas Goddard is on the field and he's mm-hmm. back on the field. Um, so that that's going to be a point of concern and a point of emphasis for the Cowboys. But one way to delete the screen, obviously scheme, but is to make sure that you don't over-pursue. Make sure right. that, you know, you, you play – um, play free and not necessarily second guessing yourself because the moment you second guess, you're already you're already going to take mm-hmm. the wrong angle. So, and then when you when they get the ball out on the on the edge um, or in the flat, you got to attack and you got to bring them down because they're going to have blockers out there sometimes on those screens. Um, so I've seen situations where I've seen Jordan Lewis do it, Wanye Thomas do it, knife through those blockers and get to that guy and take that guy down. So tackle, tackle, tackle. Uh, will be interesting to see how they handle that yep. this time around. And now let's finish up with the O-line, Brian. You mentioned yeah. some of those guys already and some of the things that you would do on how to use and yeah. place uh, Micah. But, but can you go down the line on to how those guys are currently playing? Yeah, I think, you know, the, with their offensive tackles, I think they got really outstanding offensive tackles. Jordan Maialata plays the left tackle. Lane Johnson plays the right tackle. Guys, gals, if you're listening to me and you've seen Philadelphia play all year, they jump the snap count every single time. Stop bitching about it. The refs aren't going to call it. <laughs> they do. They jump. They and do. It, There are times when you watch them and you try and time up your film, and they're right on cue. It's like watching the Rockettes dance in New York City. I mean, they all kick the same way. They all move the same way. Officials let these guys get away with it. You know, And you're going to bitch about it during the game. I can see my tweets right now. It's not going to help. They're not going to call it. I don't think they are. But, you know, who knows? But the thing about it is you're going to have to deal with that. They Get out of their stance quick. They really don't have to help Maialata and Johnson. These guys play one-on-one a lot. So it allows their guards to kind of do some things. I cover up their guards, make them have to play. Make everybody in that interior have to play one-on-one. They're going to get back. Uh, you know, Cam Jurgens. I mentioned him. He he's a, was a center in college in Nebraska. He's the starting guard for these guys. Um, the last time these two teams met, Tyler Steed was the uh, was the guard, and he he struggled in that game. He really, really did. Jurgens will have his moments where he's not as good, but he's better than what the rookie was. And so I think there'll be a little bit of a an uptick for him on that one. But this line likes to move around a lot. The 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 movement of the offensive line, the pulls. Uh, you know, getting guys in space, you know, helping each other. They could play bully ball too. They could come off the ball and mash you a little bit with their size, especially at the left uh, left tackle spot. So you just got to be ready for that. You know, you get, you get power. You're going to get athletic ability. Uh, the Cowboys did a, a pretty good job of dealing with it last time. You know, they've got to find a way. Don't get hooked up on these blocks. The 49ers and the Bills were able to get pressure. I keep saying this with the four-man. I, I think that Dan Quinn's got to look at doing something the same. And so I always feel like, though, in this game, a matchup with Tank Lawrence against Lane Johnson is a good thing. I think Lane. I think Tank knows how to break him down. Now, the other side, move Micah. Don't let Micah have to deal with the pass rushes of, or, or, or the, the reps against these two tackles. Let him deal with the inside guys. 
That's where he he ate uh, Steen up one time just on a plan with like as a three technique that outside shoulder and then Russian Steen had no chance. So to me, that's where the weakness of this forty. Uh, I keep saying forty nine. Eagles offensive line <laughs> is forty nine is a haunting. Not again. <laughs> no, no question. Well, I was watching the tape. That's why. That. But that's but that's where to me. I I just I, I feel like you're kind of wasting reps for Micah. On the edges, hmm. you know, try and find spots for him inside, and see if Philadelphia will adjust to that. But uh, you know, this, this if when have the Cowboys? Uh, when was the last time the Cowboys have used Micah like that? Well, he, that's some of the some of the best some of his uh, sacks of recently has been when. The, the Rams had a bad, you know, they had that run where the Rams had a bad center. The Giants had a bad center. I'm not saying Kelsey. Kelsey's a, a Pro Bowl center. Yeah. I think Kelsey gets by a lot but, of reputation. But also age is, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, he's and, up and there. Yeah, and power and, and, and just holding up. You know, Kelsey's kind of a one-shot blocker this nowadays. Mm-hmm. And Micah could knock him back and then get around him with mm-hmm. quickness and all. He's faster, So, yeah, yeah Micah's had reps where if you've had – Dan Quinn is if – if you don't have a center that's serviceable – or you know, or or can handle that. Dan finds ways to get Micah on that, and they've had some sacks with Micah running through the middle of that pocket, and they've done twist stunts too that have taken advantage of things that's going on in the middle of the pocket. If the Cowboys get pressure in this game this week, it's going to be with the through the inside three of the of the of the Eagles. All right, so we got a lot of news going on this morning. Here's an update on Peyton Hendershot. Um, today was his 21st day of his 21 day window. Decision had to be made. If the mm-hmm. Cowboys didn't activate him, he reverts to season ending IR. They have decided to activate him. Okay. In his place, the correspond well the corresponding move will be Sean McEwen, your beloved. Uh huh. He's going to oh, I- he's going boy. to IR. Okay. Um, and just as a sidebar, Matt, well, let's go with the shoulder injury. His 21-day practice window has been opened effective today. So some possible death coming for the O-line, but swap out Sean McEwen and Peyton Hendershot is back on the They said what's wrong with my gum? They didn't say what was wrong with your gum. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I was about to say, I'm like, this, this is I know. news. Um, it, yes, lost Sean, shocking. Because Sean McEwen was not on the injury report. Lost our flavor point. a little bit, huh? Yeah, so we'll, uh, I'll dig into that over the course of the day, see if I can get a uh, definitive injury update on what has mm. McEwen going to IR. But, yep, so it's a tight Very end swap. Very interesting. And Hendershot now gets an opportunity to show what he can contribute before the offseason arrives and John Stevens Jr. Uh, returns from that torn ACL, which will make for one hell of a camp battle yeah i'm a little scared of because again we we talked about prior to the injury kind of how hendershot had looked which wasn't good he wasn't he didn't have a really good training camp and it's just prior to him getting hurt it wasn't good already even though he had a i thought a really nice last year um but then for some reason Maybe the re- maybe them drafting Schoonmaker or whatever mm-hmm. mess with his head mentally or something. I don't know. That's just me saying, trying to find some some reasoning for it. So it is it is concern or I don't know. I wish him well. I like the guy and he. I was a big fan last year, but it does concern me to. <laughs> I'm curious to see how that well, would look and so translate once he hit, once he's on the field. Here's the bottom line for Hendershot. Uh, he flashed 
in, in solid ways in, as a rookie. Uh, definitely to the point where it made you think the Cowboys had a nice tandem set up between Ferguson and Hendershot. They went and made the move to, to use a second-round pick on Schoonmaker. Um, I can't speak for another man's mentality, but it does appear that in training camp following that move, it wasn't the same Hendershot yeah. as the one who was walking around in Oxnard in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he did have you know some struggles before he got injured and went on IR. So uh, is the talent there? Absolutely. Can he impact the game? Absolutely he can. He just needs to come back and, number one, try to knock the rust off as quickly as possible because we're in December now. There's no time to waste. And he needs to have a really good showing because if John Stevens Jr. picks up where he left off, then that's going to be the head-to-head battle because Schoonmaker's not going anywhere but up. Hopefully Jake Ferguson is definitive TE1 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the battle between behind those two, it, it's on and it's on and popping. Oh. Brian? Brian got the smirk. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was right. <laughs> like, <come on. laughs> when right, I just, like I said, I, I'm... Years of experience. You know of one thing or two around here, Brian. I'm trying. <laughs> I like this, though, because we talked about it. I wanted to see Hendershot activated. I need to see um, what he can do for the Cowboys I agree. before I John to- Stevens comes Totally back. agree. Like, need to see it. Totally agree. Yes, I know what McEwen yeah. is. I'm, I'm sorry, that's just me. I know what that is. I yeah. know what he is as a player. And you know, hey, you know, they they, I'm doing radio and they're scouting players. Yeah, but, you know, just my two cents. What I saw. I mean, I. I well, they seem. I'm to sorry he's be going right on, on IR. Board. I'm, no, I'm yeah. sorry he's going on IR because evidently something's wrong with him. But I, to me, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. Peyton Hendershot. I think Peyton Hendershot is capable of making more plays than Sean McEwen. And and for those, just kind of a housekeeping note, um, him being on IR means he's excluded for the next four games. Right. But barring me getting information that it's a season ending, then it's something that they could revisit four weeks from now. Until somebody else has an issue. Yeah, there you go. Has starts getting stepped on gum and then all of a sudden he's sticking on the ground. <laughs> Can't get away from that gum. Man. All right. Well, thank you so much for everything, guys, and thank for you. that scouting report. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow here on the break. Derek should be back hosting. Uh, yay. And Philadelphia. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. I'm glad he's he's gonna be back. <laughs> I'm glad he's gonna be back. I'm not I am not throwing shade for once. Strays. So Anyways, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you so much to everyone who tuned in live and watched later. This is Cowboys Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?